1: Hello, everyone. It's Chris Evans here off the radio. Welcome to the latest instalment of the best at The Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, superstar Sienna Miller explores some abstract and heartbreaking truths in her new film, Wander Darkly. Awesome adventurer Ben Fogel reveals all about his brilliant Channel 5 documentary, Inside Chernobyl, with Ben Fogel. from frontman, Ricky Wilson, paints a picture for us with his creative and colourful new CBBC show, Art Jam. And super Scott Sam Hewen tells us all about the new action-packed sky original movie sas red notice all of that and loads more still to come now dapper dave tell us who's the first guest
2: she's the jewel in the crown of british actors working today and just keeps getting better her new movie wonder darkly is out digitally on monday so if you wonder darkly or otherwise if it's any good we can confirm it is please welcome the english rose that's very much in bloom it's sienna miller (laughs)
1: All right, CNR Hello, hello. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Very well. Now without giving away your exact address, you're not too far away from where they're making the new Star Wars TV show. Did you know that?
3: I'm not. i guess who's in that new Star Wars TV show? Not you. The co star of my film that we're about to talk about. Get
1: out of it. It's one of those Luna.
3: Diego Luna's in it. Yes. It's one of those
1: days today. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's
3: amazing! And that's, I didn't know that they were filming that because they were filming Midsummer Murders right by where I am. But I'm only about ten <laughs> minutes from you, I think. Yeah, you
1: are, and they're always yeah. they're always filming Midsummer Murders around there because that's where all the murders happen. But it's not actually Midsummer. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we are how lucky are we, Sienna, to live where we live? Isn't it It's just beautiful?
3: It's pretty gorgeous, and spring is springing, and that's very very spring exciting to is see.
1: Indeed, springing, and it will soon be sprung. Right, Wonder Darkly <laughs> is springing out digitally on Monday. Um, now, what does that mean? out digitally on Monday. Where do we get it? Do we just, just put put in the, the title and get it from somewhere, Wonder Darkly?
3: I wish I knew. I think, yes. I think it will be available on Amazon, you know, streaming services. Lots right. of I'm sure if you just type it in but I am a total Luddite
1: well Sienna what a film it's already on the Oscar list that doesn't mean it's nominated but it's in the mix to be nominated uh, as Best Picture category you saw it at the Sundance Film Festival is that correct?
3: I did I did at the beginning of 2020 which was the last time I was in a cinema
1: right now uh, intense is a word you could use but it's not strong enough for your new film Sienna plays uh, gallerist Adrienne who's out on a date night with her partner Matteo played by the former. Diego Luna also, now I presume living somewhere near us for at least uh, the next few weeks filming his new <laughs> Star Wars Disney Plus series. Um, now, Atash and I watched this last night, my wife and I watched this, your film movie last night and we were both thinking the same thing and it was simply this Sienna. My goodness me, I hope Sienna and Diego get on in real life because this is one of those films, it's so intense. Imagine if you didn't get on with your co-star.
3: It would have been an absolute nightmare but thankfully we very much did. I mean, yeah, I was so lucky that he was he was the person that was in this because as you said it would have been a nightmare but we'd actually known each other for a while and we have the same agent we've been trying to find something to do together so there was a bit of a a backstory, at least Um, yeah but it would have been horrible if we hadn't I know
1: because you you are just I mean you're just there for two hours on our screens so um, what do we say how how do we how do we frame this I don't know what to give away what not to give away because it's got a lot of the you know the sixth sense about it it's got a you know more twist than um, I don't know a, a, a pig's tail what, what do you want to yes. say and what don't you want to say about it?
3: It's really hard to describe, but basically it's about a, a couple who have got a young baby and they are not doing very well in their relationship. They get into a car accident. My character isn't sure whether she lived or died. And they kind of enter this surreal state where they get to go back to the inception of their relationship and sort of notice the moments where they may have gone wrong. And so it's kind of a journey back in time. We comment on the past from the present. It's really surreal and kind of magical. Um, But it's really about love and loss and an interior look at grief. And I think at the end of it, you just want to hug the person sitting next to you or call the people you love. And and, and I think you're left with a feeling of gratitude for just how fleeting life can be and how... Much we all love each
1: other. It's almost like you've been listening. Have you got a special sort of link up to a hearing device in our studio here? Because that's the com- the exact conversation Rachel and I were having about half an hour ago. Hi.
3: Oh, good. I did not Hi, know that. Sienna. It's it's Rachel Hi. here. I watched it yesterday. I absolutely loved it. It's a sort of movie oh, you kind of want to watch in a dark room under a blanket with a with a massive mug of hot tea in your hands. It, <laughs> yeah. I, I loved that revisiting of events and how they are remembered in different ways by different people and what you choose to take away in your memory. And actually the idea that if you go back there in your memory, you could choose to take away a different experience. Yes,
1: yes, that's yeah.
3: great. Absolutely. I completely agree on how different people remember exactly different, you know, the same event. And I think we've all experienced that. I also spend a lot of time in the past and kind of unpacking things. And and so it really, I love that part of the script. I think that's probably what got me.
1: Yeah, the unpacking of the past, that's always interesting, isn't it, Sienna? Uh, do, do, you yeah. think, do you think that's something we go through, you know, sort of uh, halfway to two thirds through life? And then do, do you come to terms with the things from the past or do you come to terms with the fact that that's, that's a process that we all encounter, engage in and then sort of get through and then we don't have to do it again. Not because those things don't keep on happening in our lives, but because it's okay for things to have happened and for us to move on and, and just, just nod to them in the past as opposed to going back and digging deep, looking for maybe something that isn't there.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think you probably get to a point where the past really starts to inform the present that you're living and, and if you're a thoughtful person, this will speak to you because yes, that's, that's sort of the sum of your experiences that, that really reshapes your future. Um, yeah, I think it's really sensitive and poignant and, and obviously some people will, will really, it will really speak to you and other people won't, but, um, but I love, Oh, sorry. I just got a text on my phone. Um, if <laughs> <laughs> you heard that thing, Oh,
1: 2021,
3: Yeah. Um,
1: Yay! Um, but yeah, I, yes, yes, yes. Yes to all, yes to all. By <laughs> yes the way, to all, yes. how on earth did you shoot this movie in 23 days?
3: No idea. I mean, we worked 19-hour days sometimes. It was so intense. It was it was the hardest thing I've ever actually done because it was it's an independent film. We didn't have a huge budget. It was just the, the pressure of it was mad and the schedule was so insane to the degree that one morning i'd have to be falling apart emotionally and then you know the next scene would be very happy and in the past and we were just all over the place i was completely wrung out at the end of it but i'm happy that it made it out
1: sienna thank you so much for being on the show um good luck to you and i'll see you around in the local hood sometime take care all right you're very thanks for being on the show wonder darkly Her brilliant brand new film is out on Monday digitally.
2: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's usually sailing somewhere dangerous or climbing up something massive, but not this time. His new documentary Inside Chernobyl with Ben Fogel is on Channel 5 tonight at 9pm. So in keeping with the rhyme, please welcome a man whose TV programs one should always ogle. It's Ben Fogel.
4: Yay! Morning! All right, Ben, how are you doing? I'm very well. Do you know something? I have to admit, I never... I never noticed the rhyme of the <laughs> title until there was some quite funny online banter about it. And I've, I've fully realised, what could we do with Chris Evans?
1: Oh, we've, we've tried it. It's not worked very well, but lots of other Does things have. Yeah. Um, inside your local poolie with Stacey Dooley. That was... <laughs> anyway, well done. What a show. What a great programme you put together on Chernobyl.
4: Thank you. You know, what? it was surreal. It was exciting. It was wretched. It was hopeless. It was exciting. It was hopeful. There were so many contradictions doing it. But I think particularly because we filmed between lockdowns, we filmed it in December and I went from literally six months of eating ham sandwiches for lunch every day with my kids and homeschooling to suddenly being in this radioactive wasteland and it was just overwhelming but i've been fascinated by the topic for years yeah so to actually go there was just amazing
1: i think so many of us have and i found the most fascinating thing uh, or confirmation maybe confirmation bias because i'm sort of partial um to be the, the the rewilding of the Chernobyl area um on purpose by human beings but also by nature herself that's the most fascinating thing i don't want to jump to that too quickly ben uh, i mean you know what do you what do you want to say about your program because i want as many people to watch this as possible
4: oh well, thank you. I, listen. I think this program is fascinating, whatever your knowledge about Chernobyl, um, wherever that comes from, because I think we can use it as a metaphor for climate change, a metaphor for the pandemic, uh, and basically the the power of humanity to right our wrongs, to fix our mistakes and that 's what I took away from it you know the, 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 it, it was arguably one of the biggest mistakes that has ever happened on this planet and it's taken a long time and it's take it will take a further few decades before it's fully fixed but actually humans are amazing you were just playing dolly parton there isn't it amazing that that we're able to come up with these vaccines and we're able to do these things and that's i'm a hopeful individual i've always kind of been a a glass half full but i actually surprisingly took away hope. From from this documentary, I think I think it doesn't have to be taken on a literal level that this is just um, the aftermath of a a, a terrible accident.
1: Now I knew a few things about Chernobyl that are in the programme. What I didn't know is that uh, Pripyat, the city, you know, which is three miles away from the Chernobyl nuclear plant, uh, which is the one that featured heavily in the brilliant Sky Region documentary that won all those um, those Golden Globes and those Emmys. I didn't realise that that was a model city for what a future Russia might look like. I wasn't aware of that.
4: Well, that's what's so amazing about it. So when you go through that city, there are uh, Olympic-sized swimming pools. There are extraordinary restaurants and supermarkets. And everything has been left kind of as it was. So when you walk through the school, it's got all the desks and all the books and the library. And you go through the hospital again that featured in that that extraordinary drama um, on Sky. You, you, You feel the ghosts of the past there. There's 250 skyscrapers. And what's really amazing is that it's now being kind of re-inhabited by uh, a, a new group of people. There are police that actually uh, police the city because there are what are termed locally um, stalkers, effectively squatters, which are mainly youngsters, who sneak in and, and they decorate these apartments and they have moved back in. And what's what's quite strange, Chris, is when I first went there, I actually thought it was quite disrespectful that this notion of these youngsters living in, in homes that had been loved and cherished by people that had been forced to uh, to leave this city. But actually, a bit like the rewilding, I, I found it quite a beautiful metaphor for our times that actually it's engaging a, a new group of youngsters from Ukraine, which is, you know, it's, it's a country that is, is in a difficult situation right now anyway. But but there are people that are engaging with this story that happened so many decades ago.
1: Well, this hour on Channel 5 tonight, it is a must... You don't have to watch things. You know, nobody's going to throw you in jail. But it is a must-watch from a television viewing point of view. And well done to you. Well done Channel 5 for getting it on the air. And... um, do you have a Land Rover? We, we, I, I know you had your Land Rover book out for a, whi- for a while. Hmm. Um, do, mm-hmm. do you actually have a Lundy at home still?
4: I, do, do you know what? I had a Series 1, 1948, electric blue, an exact replica of the wow. one that was on Her Majesty's Yacht Britannia, and wow. it, she was so beautiful. And I very reluctantly sold her. Chris, I still, <laughs> I actually shed a tear just thinking about it. She was so beautiful. I
1: know, but how often did you use her, really? That's, that's the Not thing. That. And Not they don't that. like it, do they? They don't like it I if you don't use them.
4: I couldn't justify it. You know, I've got, I've, I'm, I'm trying to be electric. Right. Uh, so we, we actually have an electric car now. I can't wait. Someone is going to help convert me convert my, so I do have a Defender. Uh, and they're going to, as in, not a new one, an older one, um, the older version, and we're going to convert it to electric. I'm quite excited yeah, by that. Yeah, no, they did. Do. Mean, does, hor- does that horrify you, Chris? No, you, no, no. Approve?
1: I am. I approve it massively because. Um I can't remember what the name of the show was, but it was on Apple TV. Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman, yeah, um, on their electric bike. on their electric bikes, and they 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 kicked that off with Ewan taking his VW Beetle, his 1960s Beetle, to be electrified at the in the opening scenes of The Long Way Up um, in California, and apparently that's turned out fantastic. So now I, we've got an old Fiat 500. We were thinking of electrifying from the. Oh,
4: that would be great.
1: I'm not sure it's big enough for the battery because it's a small one well, from the 60s. But we'll see. Well, you know
4: what? I I have a business idea actually having spent time in the Ukra- in Ukraine, um, I want to bring back lots of Trabant. Oh, um, yeah, the Trabant. Uh, Amazing and, car. And imagine if we electrified all of yeah. those. So we're using... This is like the perfect kind of upgrading. We're using... Old vehicle bodies. Yep. We could use Trabants. We could use um, Larders. Yeah. Uh, and, and turn those into small little electric city cars. I think they'd be brilliant.
1: Yeah. Upscaling old bodies with electrifying new energy units. I could do Future one of those. Primitive.
4: Future primitive, I think, is what we call it.
1: All right. I like it. I like it, Ben. Great to talk to you. Give my love to Suffolk. I've said too much. I won't say any more. No worries. No worries. 9 p.m. Uh, Channel 5 tonight. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Chris.
5: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's rocked the biggest stages
2: in the world and now the attention is turned to his other great love. His new CBBC show, Art Jam, is available in full on the iPlayer. So please welcome a man that swapped Ruby, Ruby, Ruby for some Hockney, <laughs> Hockney, Hockney. It's <laughs> the portrait of pop perfection that is Ricky Ricky, Wilson, Ricky, 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 Wilson. How
6: are you, Ricky? I'm really
2: good, Yeah.
6: I'm, I'm, I'm excellent.
1: Well done with this show. 15 minutes. It's, it's the perfect length for a show like this. It's absolutely gorgeous. I, I um, devoured three of these yesterday. I was only going to watch one, but they're, they're brilliant. So lo- lovely oh. little format. Uh, tell everybody how it works. Okay. So I'm
6: there in my art studio. I invite a celebrity guest in. I talk to them. They show me three things from their life that, they, uh, that represents them. Then I show them. I go around the country and I find some art that I think they'll like. And then I show them some art some kids have sent in for them. Then I make them something incredible that they get to take home.
1: And they and really do put... like the stuff you churn out because it's fantastic. How long were you a teacher for? Uh, one year. Yeah. <laughs> and how was that? And
6: then, uh, well, there was a lot more admin than I thought. I thought it was going to be a bit like Dead Poet Society and it was going to be all carpe diem to the day. But there were a lot more forms to fill in than I, than I thought. Right. Uh, I wasn't very good at it. I will give you uh, uh, an example. I started off with 35 students yes. and ended up with 11.
1: And what age were your students? Oh, they were college age, like 18, 19. Oh, I see. I oh, see. So
6: it's proper then. I was, I was a lecturer, yeah. Wow. I was, I was, it wasn't all like, you know, paste and uh, poster paint. Who
1: do you like? Because you actually guess who they like, don't you? Who do you like? Oh, well, Hockney's
6: my favourite artist of all time. I'm the greatest living artist there is.
1: Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Who, else, who else is in the mix,
6: do you think? Uh, I, I used to like Dali when I was a kid. Yeah. I've gone off him a bit now. Uh... I like everything, really. There's, there's no wrong answer when it comes to art. That's yeah. what I like about it. At school, mm. uh, it, art made me go to school because yeah. it was the only lesson where you could do what you wanted. Right. And uh, I, I preferred it to break time, to be honest,
7: Chris.
1: Well, that's that's a wonderful thing to hear because uh, Eli, my little one, he he does art for fun. Mm. He met a new friend the other day, and um, mm. then he just disappeared. And he found some bark in the garden. Quite a substantial sort of sort of. Sort of bark, uh, and it was like maybe I don't know, 10 inches by 10 inches. And then he started tapping little nails into it. Then he got some coloured rubber bands and he just made this fantastic sort of collage. And he, I said, who's that for? He says, it's from a new friend. It's like, wow. Because um, if, it, if it's in you, you can't help it, can you?
6: you can, well, it's in everybody. It's just um, at some point you grow up and you lose that kind of uh, freedom of expression. Uh, and I encourage anyone to do it because about halfway through the first lockdown, the BBC asked me to do a thing called Celebrity Supply Teacher and I thought I'm a rock star I'm not doing that but then Garolinica <laughs> was doing Spanish and Kalise was doing cookery right. and I thought this is weird Okay. and I ended up doing art and they sent me a load of equipment and during that and, and I thought well I'll, I'll have a go at it again I'll flex those muscles that I've not flexed in a long time Yeah. and it really helped it really helped because everyone else was doing cookery you know making banana bread and crocheting blanket mm. and I hadn't done any of that I'd just been sitting there and watching TV and uh it really helped get me through the first lockdown. So I'm uh, it really when they said you want to do your own show, I was like, "Yes, I bloomin' well do." CBBC. And
1: is that your studio? Is that actually yours?
6: No, it's, pretty it's a wedding cool.
1: venue. It's pretty cool. It,
6: it? it was, yeah, it, it was very cool. It's nice to have all the uh, you know, equipment at your fingertips. So yeah. You can do
1: whatever you want. See, I've, I've toyed with the fact, especially recently because of lockdown and because of podcasts and things like that, I've toyed with building a, a little radio studio at home and I really yeah. like the idea of it. But then I really love coming to work and I love coming to work fresh and bringing all the rest of my life in here. And I'm not sure, um, you know, when when a good idea becomes um, inadvisable.
6: What about you in music? Don't, don't do it. Don't don't do it. All right. Don't do it. You know, uh, have you ever seen Brewster's Millions? Yes. Uh The film you know in that film where he has a he builds a room that is his perfect room,
5: yeah,
6: <laughs> and then he gets he taken away. I think a lot of artists think I want to build my own studio, right and it becomes so sterile. I like making music uh in studios where I get to go to a new one every time, yeah, new energy and you go oh let's let's go here, let's go there, and, and you know and it's it, it's a discovery. I'd never build my own music studio because it, it, I, I, it would just be a room that I'd made perfect and then would do nothing in.
1: Do you think when the painter's painting from a palette, right, do you think the better the painter, the more automatically attractive the palette is? Because I remember last year one of Picasso's palettes went under the hammer at auction. It. Yeah, and, and it, was, it looked, it, I mean, maybe I was sort of looking at it through Rose Tinted or, you know, um, uh, uh, what would you call it? Um, what, what was his style of painting called? I can't remember. What did he... Abstract. Ab- yeah, abstract, abstract tinted spectacles. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you can sort of tell that's Picasso's palette. It's just It just looks better than anybody else's palette. Um, and I think the uh, the estimate was 10 to 15 grand. I think it went for like half a million quid or something like that. Do you think you can tell the, the, the ability of a painter by how their palette looks? Yeah. I do really? because the
6: colours don't get muddy. That's so interesting, yeah.
1: isn't it? That is so interesting. Um, all right, you you've got some great guests on uh, Highlights: Nick Grimshaw was on episode ten or one. I can't remember. I watched him on one of one of the two, but he's he loves his oh, art. Did you see he? the lamp I built for him? Yeah, it was brilliant. The one you sprayed hey, gold. Impressive. It was yeah, impressive. How... thing
6: is uh, uh, well, on the in the morning. Yeah. When they say you're going to make something, I mm. don't know what I'm going to make right. until I you know, figure it out. I thought it was going to be like kids' TV where you it's already finished and all I have to do is pretend to make <laughs> nope. it. But they, they were like, well, what are you going to make then? Yeah. And, I was, and I had to send Charlie, my friend, yeah. to uh, all the charity shops in the local area to buy loads of toys. Wow. And then stuck them all together and built this lamp. Uh, but anyone can do it. It's very good. It's, and
1: how's it yeah. doing? I bet it's doing really well, isn't it, your show? It's doing really well.
6: I mean, I watched a bit of it. But I can't, I, I don't know how I kept those levels of enthusiasm up for so long. Because I'm there going, hi, welcome to Art yeah, It's good, and man. I, it's really good. I love Hats it. off to kids TV presenters because it's, it's exhausting being that Yeah, well, that you're very
1: good at it, Ricky. Well done. Are they asked for more yet? Because they should have done. Yeah, we've been commissioned for 3,000 more episodes. 3,000, that's not bad, is it? Almost no, as, no, many as many as Taskmaster, Rachel. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, available now on BBC iPlayer. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you very much for having me. You're always welcome. You are literally always welcome on the show. Every day, if you like. Don't mind. Love Ricky Wilson. Art Jam. BBC iPlayer. One for the kids. 15-minute episodes. They are brilliant. Just before tea time. Get the kids into those.
5: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
0: Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is...
1: That's already three glorious guests for you, but there's still so much more to come. Moon mentor Kirsty Gallagher chats her new book, The Lunar Living Journal, the BAFTA-winning brilliance of Jason Watkins, gives us the lockdown lowdown on returning as DS Dots in Series 2 of McDonald and Dots, the always excellent Dame Esther Ranson sprinkles us with many things, including showbiz and giggles on her new podcast, That's Afterlife. And the superb Spanish chef, Jose Pizarro, discusses recipes from the compact edition of his award-winning cookbook Basque. All of that and more still to come. So let's get right back to the action. Dapper Dave, who's
2: fourth? If there's one man you want to save your life and wallop a baddie in the process, it's our next guest. The brilliant new Sky Original SAS Red Notice is out next Friday on Sky Cinema. So please welcome a man whose jawline alone could save the world. It's the wonderful Sam Huyan! Yeah, hello Sam!
1: Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm very well. How's that jawline of yours? The jaw's
8: good and I just wanted to talk about the strands Tell us in, about the in SAS strands. Red <laughs> SAS Red Notice, there are so many strands that it's just, uh, it's going to confuse you. You're not going to know where each one starts and ends. So you're going with strands, you're not going with arcs? Well, I think we should. Uh... We, we should, you know, go with the people. But no, yes, there's some great
1: arcs in this. There really are. <laughs> so Sam, um, we've all seen SAS Red Notice. Now, this is adapted from an Andy McNabb number one best-selling story. Now, for people who don't know who Andy is, he, is he now
8: a friend of yours? How well do you know him? Can you can you tell people who, who this, this character is? Oh, I mean, where to start with this man? I yeah. mean, he is... So he is possibly one of the most decorated British Special Forces operators. M- most people know him from... Bravo to Zero, which yep. was his true account of um, when he was captured in Iraq during the Gulf War. But he's also a prolific novelist um, and has many other strings to his bow. But apart from that, he's also, I guess, a registered psychopath. Like he's a good psychopath. Yeah. And he's written a book about it. He's done um, – uh, a lot of research with Oxford University, and that's basically the premise of this this uh, fictional piece, Essays Red Notice. And the character is kind of based on Andy McNabb, who is, uh, yeah, as I said, a, a good psychopath.
1: Okay, so so you you have talked about already to other people about how well you got to know him and what kind of things he talked to you about, and and were were he begin to teach you? I mean, how how teachable were they how how learnable were they from your point of view
8: well yeah as i said you know this guy how how well can you get to know a psychopath and uh, he is the most charming most like outgoing gregarious guy but then at the same time he can tell you how to kill someone with a mobile phone or um you know how to to clear out a compound and you know when you're talking to him it's not just you know stuff he's learned it, it's like he's lived through this he you know he has these experiences. And uh, it, it's kind of terrifying, but also deeply, deeply fascinating.
1: I'm sure it is. Okay. And you employed some of his his tactics, his skills in, in, in your film?
8: Yeah, well, I was really lucky. We spent a lot of time doing, you know, the kind of military training. Um, we were down in Leeds um, doing a lot of stuff there. But I did find myself at one point with him alone in this, like, compound in, you know, a couple of and air rifles etc and I'm just thinking you know if this, this guy turns and decides that he doesn't like me I mean there's nothing I can do I'm, I mean he could just take me out here and then oh um, my goodness but me. no really really fascinating guy Yeah.
1: alright so uh, based on the novel of the same name by Andy McNabb starring yourself Ruby Rose Andy Serkis Tom Wilkinson Hannah John Kamen uh, Tom Hopper Noel Clark not a terrible cast not a terrible company to keep
8: right yeah what an ensemble they're all incredible
1: yeah, what's, what's it like working with Tom Wilkinson
8: Oh Tom Okazini <laughs> is just an absolute pro, you know. I've watched him in so many movies and he's brilliant. But as you said, you know, everyone is fantastic. And there's Ruby Rose, who I think you see in her a performance that you've not seen before, and she's brilliant in it um so yeah just very lucky to be part of this this amazing cast
1: all right um i I don't know how much to talk about where we talk about where it takes place how it takes place i don't know how far to go with it okay so yeah so you can still go to france on on the euro tunnel can't you but you usually have to pay to get on it but some baddies have got on
8: yeah some baddies have got on the Eurostar and they um the Eurostream, and they they want to uh they want to take it over for nefarious reasons and my character tom is a off-duty ses um officer and (laughs) Yeah, he basically has to go fight the bad guys. But we were in Paris, we're in London, we're in um, Budapest. Spain, Budapest. Yeah, so we really did go all over it. It does feel like a big, big action movie. See,
1: I've actually been to a movie set in Budapest, believe it or not. <laughs> it's quite incredible. Um, yeah. Because they make a lot of movies over there, don't they? They do,
8: and it doubles for so many places. I know. You know we actually, another movie I did, Bloodshot, and we used a bit of Budapest as well. I mean, it's incredible there. They've got all these amazing sets and uh it's fine in the summer but in the winter when we shot you know it's like minus whatever minus infinity
1: yeah i've never done it in the winter but i did it once in the summer and by the way budapest what a spectacular place to go to Uh, eerie 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 and majestic at the same time
8: yeah it feels doesn't it feel a bit like a sort of more rougher younger brother of paris yes like it's majestic, but it's got these dark, dark sides to it. And the, the river, the Danube that goes through it is stunning in the summer. Everyone's out kayaking and swimming. And um, I didn't do any of that, of course, because I was working the whole time. <laughs> of
1: course. Yeah, I believe you. So this was 2018, 2019. I'm surprised you can remember it. Um, not because of, of your lack of grey matter, but just because you know, in filming terms, it's so long ago. I'm, I'm presuming the release was deferred because of COVID.
8: It was, you know, it, and also it's, you know, a brilliant action movie. There's a lot of uh, visual effects that need to be put into it. But yeah, they were trying to wait to release it and obviously with covid that's delayed everything but i'm so happy that it's, it's going to be out Sam, I was with to some, the
1: some filmies yesterday um and they were saying that the film industry in the uk even now even you know under covid 3.0 uh, compliance uh, but as we're just about to bust out of that you can't get a studio for loving the money in the uk anymore because so many things that are being made here nowadays that's fantastic it- isn't it
8: it is brilliant it 's been so busy right now, and I, you know I was lucky i was, I just finished shooting a, a movie down in London with celine Dion and um what it, you know what yeah yeah it's called it 's called text for you and it's uh, it's a romantic comedy it's brilliant it's so fun but um but yeah i mean the studio we we were using the Excel which i believe was a a nightingale hospital yeah and uh it's um yeah, it's busy. It's so busy. You know, I think people are trying are desperate for content now. Sam, we and don't so Sam, we don't really have
1: time for any more questions, but we have to ask you more about you and Celine Dion in a romantic comedy. In a rom com. <laughs> what the heck happened? How did yeah, this how did
8: this happen? I, yeah, I'm not sure. Um but <laughs> It's ridiculous. No, it's a fantastic movie. It's actually myself and Priyanka Chopra. All right, Celine Dion is is in the movie and is providing, I believe, some of the music as well.
1: Have you obviously? You, did you work with her, or are you in? Are you in scenes with her? So you've you've you collaborated with her? Yes. I know because I'm saying because I saw her once perform live in L. A. And something hmm. happened that wasn't supposed to, and she was she was so professional. To do with mm. what I'm not gonna say what happened and what she did as a consequence. But I thought, no, nah, that's a pro. What she what is is that what she's like to work with?
8: She's an absolute pro. She's, she's awesome, an, yeah. a total, total icon. Yeah. And um, I just I just I think it's fantastic. You know, I, I didn't know I, I was such a deep rooted Celine Dion fan, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's all in us. It's all in us. It is, it's just, just need to, to let it up. out.
1: All right, pal. Yeah. Sam, it's lovely to talk to you again. And you,
8: mate. Thanks well,
1: so much. Well done, pal. You're very welcome. That is Sam Hewen. Talking about SAS Red Notes available on Sky Cinema a week on Friday the 12th of March.
2: The
5: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
2: What do you want? Do you want the moon? Well, just say the word and our next guest will throw a lasso around it. Sort of. Her Lunar Living Journal is out today. So if you want to know the difference between your pink moon and your beaver moon, then listen up to the lunatic that is the lovely Kirsty Gallagher.
1: Morning, Kirsty.
9: <laughs> Good morning. Oh,
1: Kirsty, we love you. How are you? <laughs>
9: I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me. You're
1: welcome back on the show and you're welcome anytime on the show. This is a lovely Thank book. Kirsty Gallagher's uh, The Lunar Living Journal, Sunday Times bestselling author of Lunar Living. And this is the journal. It says here, welcome to The Lunar Living Journal, a journey to your heart and soul through the magic of the moon. Tell us there about that, just as a, just to kick kick things off, that actual notion that thought
9: so the moon in astrology represents our inner world our heart who we are when no one else is watching no one else is listening and what we really need to feel nourished and nurtured and at home in the world And so my plan for the journal was that rather than people just hear me speak, you were able to form this beautiful connection yourself with the lunar energies through feeling into each new and full moon and first and last quarter as to how you were feeling in your heart and where those lunar energies were guiding you to, so that you could then... You know, develop your own really intimate connection with her.
1: Right know I was totally sceptical, you know, about, about the world you inhabit until you came on our show last time. And now oh. I am fully on board, especially <laughs> after the Wolfman in January when literally yeah. everyone <laughs> went barking and I suppose you could say howling mad. Howling. And that yeah. really did happen, didn't it?
9: Yes, everyone was howling at the moon, even sceptics. Even sceptical people were like, "Okay, what's going on? Yeah,
1: and what was going on?
9: I think this moon was really key in so many ways because it was the first full moon of 2021, and so it was illuminating the year ahead for us. And the moon was in Leo, and Leo rules the heart. And so this moon was taking us right into our heart to ask us to go into our truest authenticity to step into ourselves to let ourselves kind of really tune into what our deepest truths are and what it is that we truly want from life and what we'd learned from last year that we could then bring into this year to do things differently and so i think for everyone this moon just shone that big full moon light on everything kind of within and without us to really get us to pay attention
1: right now i've been banging on about the the um the advantages uh, the benefits the wisdom of journaling now for the past few months you've been at it forever haven't you tell us about yeah. your experience and tell us what what you've gained from it over your lifetime
9: for me journaling is a real way to get to know myself because as, as we all know when we meet other people we they meet a version of us that we want them to meet yes and so we're sometimes different versions of ourselves with different people and journaling for me takes you Inwards, It takes us into our inner world, into the parts of us we maybe try and hide from, into the parts of us that are scared, into the parts of us that are unsure, that doubt. And equally into the parts of us that hold those big dreams and big desires. So journeying for me is just a way to get to know yourself on such a, an intimate and deep level and it helps us sometimes bypass that thinking mind that wants to solve everything and hmm. get everything right yep. and just take us into the real depths of our being in that moment.
1: And what's lovely about this journal, because it is it is a guided journal, like you might have a guided meditation. This is a physical version of that. You, you yeah. encourage us to journal differently, depending on what moon uh, we are journaling literally under and which aspect that moon is in. Can you give us a few examples of why... Things might differ in those various yes. environments.
9: So if we imagine we've got the 12 signs of the zodiac, and most of us are familiar with that because we know what our birth sign is. So the moon moves through each sign of the zodiac. She moves through the whole of the zodiac in, in, in a month. So she's new and full in a different zodiac sign each moon mm. and as the moon is in that zodiac sign it's almost like she takes the flavors of that zodiac sign and kind of beams them down onto us on earth so we can all feel a little bit into what that sign's offering so the earth signs for example want us to be very grounded very real very practical when the moon's in a water sign we're more likely to be able to get in touch with our emotions our kind of dreams what it is that we want yeah the fire signs bring passion and drive and motivation, so we're going to really, really want to get things done. And the air signs sort of help us to dream and imagine. So as the moon moves through new and full in each sign of the zodiac, she just gives us a different kind of flavour and energy and life area to work with.
1: So see, waking up and just carrying on from where we left off the night before is not why we're here. If we don't set our own fresh agenda every morning, we will end up being part of someone else's by lunchtime. If we don't stand for something, we will die for nothing. We were not Mm -hmm. born to worry about paying the rent. Our brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. The mind is a monkey mind, out of control almost all of the time. Night following day is nature's greatest gift to us, her biggest hint to date on how we might live our lives, her way of saying, take one day at a time. You muppets, can't you see? That's why I've separated (laughs) them. <laughs> and darkness follows light for a reason otherwise what would be the point nature never does anything without a reason nature is a perfect is perfect in her planning she cannot not plan not even if she wanted to nature never feels the need to add nature never overdoes it nature never gets bored or impatient or frustrated nature is our playbook or at least it's supposed to be why don't we take more notice of it
9: I'm hoping that we do. I'm trying. I'm really doing my best. I'm leading the way. I'm trying. I think more, I think especially with last year, more and more people had that moment to slow down, pause, check in, notice. Mm. And I, as to your beautiful point before, I really pray. We've got a couple of months now and I hear so many people saying I'm worried about going, in reverse, back to normal. And I'm like, well, then don't don't what do you not want to go back to what do you no longer want to be doing and let's use these next few months now to make change so that then when the world opens it opens in a better more aligned way where we do live more in a cyclical way of being we come back to who we're meant to be
1: Kirsty you're awesome you're just awesome
9: thank you so much I could
1: Listen to you wax and wane lyrically about the moon <laughs> forever. Um, Kirsty out the Lunar Living Journal. Have a lovely day, Kirsty. I appreciate oh, you so much. Sorry, before yeah. you go, before you go, um, yeah. last last month was the wolf moon. This month is the snow moon. Are they always all the same or do they change every year?
9: The Those names will stay the same every single year. The sign the moon is they might change, but those names will stay every year because they were based on what nature was doing at the time of that full moon.
1: All right. You're awesome. Thank you, Kirsty. Thank
9: Kirstie. you so much. Thank you.
5: Ta-da. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's a BAFTA
2: winning behemoth of film and telly, and he's back for another helping of television gold. Series two of McDonald's and Dodds continues this Sunday at 8 p.m. on ITV. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're not against all
0: Dodds, we're very much <laughs> for them.
2: It's the masterful Jason Watkins! All right, Jason!
0: Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning.
2: How are you today? I'm very good, thank you.
10: Yes, yeah, very good indeed.
1: So, second season, congratulations uh, on the first season. Uh, that's why the, it's back, back, back. Two feature-length episodes uh, season one last year. It's up to three this year. Who knows? Four in 2022. That looks like where we're heading. For people who don't know, um, Do- McDonald's and Dodds is... Um, sorry, Dodds and McDonald's is in uh, set in Bath. Of course it is. And um, you are a super sleuth with a twist, because you have this lovely little sort of quirky view on the world whilst investigating various um, novel murders, don't you?
10: Yeah, I mean it's a kind of, it's a sort of classic whodunit uh, set in Bath, I mean it's not breaking the mould in that respect, but it's got a wonderful central relationship with uh, Tala Pavia, who's brilliant young actress who plays MacDonald, and she's put she's a young black female officer from South London who's been sort of sent down maybe something's gone on in, in London and uh, she's now put together with Myself, Dodds, who's spent most of his career behind a desk, who's suddenly got this sort of late blooming, and they're put together. And, you know, again, it's not a, a you know, a mould-breaking thing where you've got two opposites together, but it's kind of what's so warm and wonderful about it is that they just sort of, over time, and now we get into the second series, starting to learn things about each more about each other and changing their ways. And you could say that, you know, Dodds is a typically kind of quietly, I was going to say fiercely analogue, but he's sort of quietly analogue and, and he's sort of struggling to find the real world and through, through McDonald, he starts to have a sort of bit of a late blooming in some ways and there's a sort of paternal aspect to it. But I think that's the main, probably that's the main ingredient of the show that's really connected with the viewers is this kind of lovely, warm, central relationship in, in a sort of gentle drama. <laughs> so uh, with lots of really nice people like, you know, uh, Rob Brydon, Kathy Tyson, I and know. Elizabeth Graves.
1: Martin know, Kemp, together in the, John in the Thompson, concert. it's great, isn't it? I bet you had a right laugh, didn't you? Well, we did. I mean, it was
10: tricky with the, with the bubble situation. I was stuck, me and Tyler were stuck in a bubble with uh, Rob Brydon, which, of course, has its benefits, but then, you know, you've got that <laughs> massive downside as well. But he was, uh, he's just wonderful. He gives a brilliant performance uh, in his character. And, but, you know, Kathy and Rob and Martin and Patsy, you know, they were kind of there in their own bubble, so there was this tentative, like it was a really bad party, what you can't quite cross their room and say hello to somebody. It was, uh, but they were, you know, they were just wonderful. So we were very flattered. to have You opinions. know,
1: and also ITV, you know, giving you the full two hours, you know, feature length episodes, ninety minutes plus ads, pretty cool. Yeah, well, I
10: think that's good because I think it, it's a good format because you you get you get lots of you know, plots, twists. You can do that over that time, and you can get to know the characters that come in. You know, you get a bit of depth in it, and you get to you know, like a long series, um, you know, you get to know your main characters so well. And you can take them in different areas. If it's an hour or half an hour, you know, you're you're constricted slightly. So it kind of breathes, I suppose, and can be what it is, this sort of rather gentle, funny, warm um, uh, show, which has just done so well.
1: And you get to hang out in Bath. How are the residents of Bath and the people who have to go there about their daily? What is your relationship with them? Have they embraced you?
10: I think so, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they like, uh, I think there's lots of uh, nice comments about my Mac, my uh, rather <laughs> beige Mac, which is actually, the, echoes the same colour as the bath stone. So right. it's kind of natural affinity. Um, yeah, no, lots of nice things said when we're filming and it obviously has connected with them. And it, do you know, because it sort of, in a way, it does highlight what a beautiful place it is and, 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 and how how much we and them who live there are desperate for that, Beautiful city to start know, breathing again, I and know. You know, having people come and you know, using the shops and all the wonderful things to see, so you know. But I think people are so looking forward to that turning that corner so yeah. and it's nice that we can celebrate the city as it is anyway you
1: know yeah, it's in, always in lockdown. it's always great isn't it for a location whether it's in Cornwall or you know Manchester Scotland or uh, as you're doing in Bath to sort of t- to have have a headline TV show to say look because that's what that's why we all love the States isn't it we love the States because of Hollywood because Hollywood always makes the States look really you know dramatic yeah. adventures compelling you know attractive alluring for one reason or another and it's good that we can do it on our own shores have you ever seen Nicholas Cage in Bath? Uh,
10: have I seen Nicholas Cage? Do you know I haven't seen him? No? I've seen his house in Orange County
1: but I haven't actually... Uh, does he live there? Has he got a place there? He's, he's famously bought a house there that Oh gosh! And he used to apparently he used to go to the shops every morning for his for the papers and a you know a pano, shocker or whatever he wants. But, well, um,
10: and, his and his horoscope. I, I suppose we must
1: <laughs> we must we must seek him out, mustn't we? We must seek him I, out. I there, but apparently he went. There's a very famous hotel in the Crescent there, in the Royal Crescent. I can't remember. I've stayed there once. It's I've gorgeous. The Royal, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe, yeah, it might yeah. be the Royal. And apparently he stayed there for for two or three nights. In, and in typical Hollywood fashion, fell in love with it and bought. Uh, bought a house apparently this, bought this, the crescent yeah have you not yeah. heard about it
10: no i do well this is this is clearly yeah. uh an episode and um, we oh, can yes. just convince him to appear with us i bet he'd love him. Uh, we can shoot in his house yes. with him in
1: <laughs> pa- the next series well apparently he's a very approachable and affable human being uh, so the chips are down but the ratings are up and it's all thanks to you and the team well done jason it's lovely to hear from you again by the way you're welcome on the show yeah. anytime you darn well like you know that well
10: thank you for having me it's a lovely to talk to you again
1: all right, here we go. Hang on a minute. This is breaking news. Before you go, Jason. Nicholas Cage mm-hmm. bought a cottage in a Somerset Village in 2006. He later purchased a townhouse in the circus in Bath. Wow. Oh, um, okay. Nicholas Cage previously turned on the Bath Christmas lights back in 2009. <laughs> wow.
10: Yeah, in the circus, which is obviously the round bit, which features in the only titles of the show. It's bit, yeah. yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah. Well, look at him, knock on his
1: door. All right, mate. See if he's up for it. Okay, well, good luck on Sunday, episode two, season two uh, of uh, McDonald's Doing Great Business on ITV.
5: Cheers, Jason. Cheers, Chris. ta The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
1: And next, an absolute legend. David. Dave,
2: over to you. She's done more for charity and telly than you can possibly imagine. And now she's sprinkling some magic dust on the world of podcasting. Her new weekly series, That's After Life, launches next Wednesday. So if you're a fan of chit, chat, show and biz, <laughs> then listen up to the one and only Esther Ransom. All
11: right, Esther. It's been on. a long time, Chris. I know. How are you? I'm good, but I can remember Tell me. the last time you and I met. Come on. Because there was the dishiest most gorgeous <laughs> singer oh, and interviewer thank, thank you again. thank
1: you very much you lie so, very well go on
11: yeah no 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 <laughs> there was you on one side of me but behind me there was this extraordinary gentleman who sang like an angel and, and he was obviously you know
1: brilliant musician and his name mm-hmm. was jack savaretti of course Of course, Jack Severetti. Oh, my goodness me. He played this amazing concert in lockdown live from Portofino. Did you? I don't suppose you saw that, did you?
11: No, I didn't. If Bruce. I'd known it was, it was uh, happening, I would certainly have tried to join. But I think it might have been one of his very first appearances, actually, yep. on radio. See, I think he was quite new at that stage. <laughs> and you and I were ag- were agreeing that he was very special. So, Mr Talent Spotter. Yeah. yeah, not necessarily for the same reasons. Now, look here. My interest was entirely intellectual and musical.
1: Uh, Dave Esther, it's lovely to hear from you. Um, so you are dipping your toe into the pool of podcasting and your podcast has a lovely bent to it because it's the podcast for people who don't yet know about podcasting.
11: <laughs> well, the extraordinary thing is that That's Live came off the air in, well, we went on the air in 1973, We 1994, Now that feels like yesterday to me, but if you work it out, it's not. So there are people in their 30s and 40s who actually remember That's Life as being the one show they were allowed to sit up and listen to
1: yeah, or watch. I remember myself in exactly uh, that framing. And it was it was a, a storytelling programme, wasn't it? But those stories, first of all, you had to find them. Then you had to do the initial research to see if they were true. And then you would have to send investigators out. I mean, it could take weeks to put a good story together, I would imagine.
11: Oh, well, absolutely. And, and when we were investigating a school called Crookham Court, which was owned by a millionaire paedophile who went to jail for it, his... Um, passed on, unlamented, passed away. But uh, that um, investigation took us about three months. And obviously we had to consult barristers and we had to clear it with the then director general to make sure he didn't think that it was trial by television and so on. But as a result, three teachers went to jail and God knows how many generations of schoolboys were protected from the abuse they'd been suffering.
1: And I suppose the the reason we, we don't we remember it more lightly than that is because of the fun that was in between, you know, the, the grouting the, the sort of grouting of levity <laughs> in between the big fat serious tiles, as it were.
11: Oh, well, that's a wonderful, a wonderful um, metaphor or simile, um, Chris. I'm extremely impressed. <laughs> well, who knows which was the grouting and which were the, the cement blocks, but actually you're quite right. We started with fun. You know, I would go out in the streets. Yeah. We'd have, you know, funny props sent us by our viewers, etc. We ended with fun, which could be a talking dog or a farmer playing Amazing Grace on the machine he used to milk his cows, whatever, you know, we're a mad nation and... It's delightful to celebrate it. But in the middle, as you rightly say, there was always something that we thought would be useful for our viewers. And so we're going to try and get the same kind of mix going on the
1: podcast. Okay, so that's Life Was Then and that's After Life Is Now. Um, Have you had fun? What have you discovered about this new medium? Well, it is. It's very, very different
11: from anything I've ever ever done before because it's conversational you know you you you're, it's unscripted Um, it can go in any direction and Chris Evans we have some amazing guests we have Anton Dubeck, we have Michael Palin we have Joanna Lumley
1: and we would like to have you so, do you get your phone book out? Is that what happens? Are you the booker as well? I am, particularly when interviewed <laughs> by glamorous and exciting radio. Um, I love it. I love Pioneers
11: it. like your good self. So, and so um, w-
1: were I to come on, um, would yes. you treat me similarly to Anton Du as is treated in the first episode, or, or differently? What, what's the what's the brief, or is it bespoke depending on who you invite and who says yes? Well, the thing that is bespoke is we say to you if there is a cause,
11: something you care about, it could be a challenge that you represent could be something in the news that you feel strongly about. We will give you space and time to talk about that because these days, during COVID, charities and good causes are having enormous difficulty, you know, with fundraising events cancelled and charity shops closed down. So we want to give, put the spotlight on things that people may have forgotten because they're so worried about, you know, obviously keeping body and soul together during the COVID. So we would give you that. So you have to think about, That And then I would say things like, do you remember when we met on Hampstead Heath and I (laughs) said to you, do you remember? And I said to you, you're selling all your decluttered objects in a special shop. Is that a good idea? And you said, absolutely not. Don't do it. You've got to be there. 12 hours at a time, and in the end, you know, everything has to go to the charity shop or the dump anyway.
1: Yeah, which is what we did this year. So this year we had – well, last year now, it feels like this year still because of COVID. So we had this big Mm -hmm. – we had a three-part garage sale, but on the radio – a much better ah. idea, miles better ah. idea. We had this kind of auction, so that was loads of fun. Um, Esther, we need to get back to your podcast. because this is. But this okay. is what it's about. It's about a chat, though, isn't it? This is what we're doing. It's the same kind of yeah. vibe. Um, for the first, uh, in the first few minutes of your first podcast, which is available on Wednesday, by the way, That's Afterlife, um, with the lovely Esther, That's that'safterlife.com, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, your old aspiring partner, Adrian Mills, is with you, and you discuss um, a, a new term in your ears, the life hack. Tell us about that.
11: Well, it's really interesting. Somebody asked me once what life hacks I had, and I had no idea what it meant, so I had to look it up. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. You think, know,
1: but it's gorgeous.
11: Vocabulary changes over the I years. I know, I know, I know. I would call it handy tips from life experience. Yes. So we're looking for our listeners to help us with life hacks. And we've got um, an email address. Can I s- tell you what you it is? Absolutely. It's hello, that's with an E, H-E-L-L-O. Hello
1: at com. or one word, no apostrophes. That's Afterlife, episode one, is out Wednesday. That's afterlife.com. And... Russ, what did you think? You heard the first episode, as did I.
6: Yeah, it was lovely. And there was some some love I mean, did you know that twenty-two million people were watching that's life? They got ten
1: thousand letters in the post Every week, I know, I know, and sometimes more. That was on, that was their regular postback, yeah. But then, if they had a particular campaign going on, they'd get hundreds of thousands of letters.
6: Extraordinary, she says. She, it worked for really hard. To see. If she, if she had her time again, she says, and the, she's very candid. She's very candid yeah, when she's talking yeah, on the podcast, hundred percent. That she just she spent far too long working and not as, as much time as she should have done with her kids.
1: Yeah, but you know, um, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Even if you name Esther Anson, one of the wisest owls in the tree,
5: the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on. Virgin Radio. If you like cooking Spanish
2: food, then stop what you're doing and listen up as the master is about to speak. The compact edition of Basque, his best selling cookbook, is out on Thursday. So if you fancy some itsy bitsy, teeny weeny, tiny tapas written neatly, then look no further than the incredible Jose Pizarro! Yeah!
7: yeah. Jose! need a friend. I cannot say what you say, yes. That was so fast <laughs> that I couldn't even understand, my dear. But sound absolutely amazing about my book. Thank you. Well, no, well, because it's an
1: amazing book and you more than deserved it. And Dave is very happy. He's delighted to actually put that kind of endeavor into an intro for you, Jose Pizarro. Jose, you know, two English speakers, uh, Spanish uh, people or people who are speaking Spanish and Italian seem to speak unbelievably quickly. And I can't... I can't understand how you can be thinking so quick as quickly as you're speaking, but do you sometimes think the same when it comes to English speakers?
7: Uh, definitely. But the best thing to do when you want to speak Spanish, you just have to say And it's absolutely fine. Well, why, is it, why? Why is it absolutely fine I, if we do that? because I do I will do understand you speak Spanish perfectly. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's yeah. the, the same thing. The same thing when I couldn't when I cannot understand any 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 English. Yeah. I just uh, I just say yes and that's it. <laughs>
1: It's been working on me for years, Jose. I, th- I thought we were yes. having, I thought we were having really, yes. <laughs> really energetic yes. conversations. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh, Jose, oh my dear. Right. Friends. As a restaurateur, how have the last twelve months been for you? How have they been for your colleagues in the business, your workforce, and also your customers?
7: Being very interesting, uh, as you can imagine, being tough, being stressful, being, uh, you know, all of the uh, that kind of feelings, really. Um, but, um, you know, you need, to, you need to be strong and you need to survive, and it's what we did. Uh, I started doing, finish a home tapas in April, just to try to bring people uh, back to work, and um, for me, try don't kill uh, my partner Peter, you know, to be together with my dogs was strong, but I decided to, to start doing some, some cooking, and that's it, and until now, we are being very, very busy really busy doing boxes and uh, yeah but it's been tough Chris Being been very 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 tough I know and, uh, but but now we can see the light in the end of the tunnel. Uh, the th- the hopefully, thing, it's
1: going to be okay. Jose, the thing about your business, you are flying. I mean, you deserve to be flying because you are one of the best literally in the world. And I, I, I don't say that lightly, but you are one of the best people at what you do in the world, both behind the hub, behind the counter, in the business brain. You're fantastic when you come on shows like this. You have an amazing energy about fa- you. From what I hear, you're a brilliant boss too. And this was the last yeah. thing that you expected uh, to come and punch you in the face from uh, around the corner. And I know that you, fr- from, you know, doing extraordinarily well and really enjoying the fruits of all your past labours and, and, and you know, harvesting the fruit from all the seeds you've sown over the last 30-odd years now, you know, you've had to fight to keep your business alive. D- did mm. you? Did you... You know those when when you started off, did you sense all that coming back, all that resilience coming back, all that fortitude? Did did you smell the the Jose of of days gone by, and um, did it come back to you like like a duck to water? Did you find it very natural to to just get your head down and get on with it again, or was it a shock to the system?
7: Ah, uh, you have to you have to you have to put your 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 head down and fighting and fighting for me. For, for all the family, all the team, and um, fighting for for my for the customer, you know, it's important to 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 be strong and uh, and to be strong in front of the people, in front of my family. You know, my my team is my family, and you need to fighting, 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 and uh, and we we did very well. We did very well because the the, the people behind Jose Pizarro's uh, family are are really into 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 go, you know, back normal as soon as possible yeah and we will go back to normal and um we have to we have to i cannot wait to have you all back in my Can't restaurant, come. Can't having, a come. Good, having a good time and enjoying enjoying life and having fun because it's all about that it's mm. all about that. It's it is to enjoy what we do
1: jose i love you i'll come and see you as soon as i can i, I promise you, all right you're amazing you. And okay. See you
7: see you very soon yeah. and to everyone seriously we are there and- mate Uh, one more thing. Come. Happy St. David to all my friends from Wales. From Wales? Happy St. David Day.
1: St. David's Day today. Absolutely. Okay. And by the way,
7: for Mother's Day, you're
1: doing special Mother's Day boxes. We might as well give those a mention because no mother will be disappointed with a Jose Pizarro box on Mother's Day, let me tell you that.
7: Yeah.
1: Can can you have those two ordered? Are they bespoke or you got a standard offer on there?
7: It's a standard offer. We have jamon ibérico, cinco jotas. That is absolutely amazing. Then we have pan con tomate, and I know that you love it. Pan con tomate, and then we have croquetas, black pink croquetas, chorizo omelette,
1: mm-hmm.
7: egg of lamb, slow food for the whole <laughs> night, yes. and then something that you love, is it, uh, a lovely wine, Rio Rueda Verdejo, and <laughs> you are going to love it. And the best thing your mom, any mom, can sit down, relax, and enjoy. Right. Very simple.
1: Josepizarro.com Go there for all that. He is the fine, fine human being. I love him to death.
5: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget, you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast. And you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.